We hate, and we have two amazing people. You know, two amazing people that I've been listening to since I was yay high. Since I was yay high. Um, let me give you a little background on the Christian R&B duo who have popular songs like "Trust" off the new "Faith and Favor." That they got that new. Then they got "Get Down" and they got "Need." They got "Need to Know." Need to know. Need to know. Need to know. <laughs> Gotta know, gotta know, gotta know. They got all of that. They got all of that. They are also producers and songwriters who have worked with an elite list of artists, which include Justin Bieber, Ruben Studdard, Amarion, Christina Aguilera, Music Soulchild, Kiara Sheard, Tank, Craig David, Fred Hammond, Leandra Johnson, Mary Mary, and more. Two brothers, two years apart, with two brand new albums out this year. Never Gets Old, Love and Light, Volume 1. And never gets old faith and favor volume. So I introduce to you the musical RB pen geniuses that are Eric and Anson, also known as Dawkins and Dawkins. How are you guys doing today? We're awesome. We're doing good. Awesome. Doing wonderful. Nah, that's that's amazing. So for those we gotta correct one little thing. We're only eleven months and a few weeks apart. Oh, it's only eleven months. We're only yeah. eleven months apart. Let me tell you why I thought you was two years. So I've read this article from 1995, mm-hmm. I think it was. And it said one of you was 23, another one was 25. And they were talking about when you got discovered um, in college and, and obviously you guys was getting back into to all of that and trying to, you know, do the R&B thing. And then Fred Hammond, we'll get onto all of that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was like. Oh, they're doing that. Two years apart. 11 months. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Irish twins. <laughs> so for those who don't know who you are, who is Anson and Eric Dawkins first and foremost? And then who is Dawkins and Dawkins? Well, we are preacher's kids uh, <laughs> from Davenport, Iowa. That was where we were born. Uh, started out there and uh, moved to Tennessee and then we moved to Ohio and where we kind of got our musical musical start. Uh, we are brothers, uh, had yeah, 11, as, as we said, yeah, 11 and a half months apart. Wow. So uh, we're great, great. You know, the, the other aspect of us is that we are, we are truly uh, Jesus followers. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's who we are in a nutshell. And then as Dawkins and Dawkins, you know, that came about after uh singing singing a lot with my mom yeah uh and with dawkins dawkins and dawkins you know when we did that but uh you know we we got an opportunity to um uh connect with fred hammond mm. after sharing a demo and fred got us in in the band with commission mm. and then the rest is like history <laughs> the rest is history definitely uh, i definitely hear that so when you guys was growing up you know 11 months apart what was it like in the early years so obviously you had you had your mom who was the, the choir director but she was also the, the church organist and you had your dad who was the evangelist what was it like growing up in that household and being just being brothers so close you know what we we had a really i would say conservative upbringing mm-hmm. um at some moments we may have thought it was strict, but we didn't really feel the the restriction so much because we were so into music. God, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, things that other like our other friends were doing, like at school, like prom and all that kind of stuff. We didn't really that didn't really um bother affect, you guys. Yeah, it didn't bother us because we were so so into our music yeah. that it was just, you know, that that was just something that we didn't really think about. Um, so as far as the support that we got from our parents, because they, they supported everything we did, like mm. when music, whatever we wanted to do, they supported us wholeheartedly to the point where um, we both had drum lessons when we were, when we were younger mm. and gravitated more toward it. 
um, I started gravitating toward the bass guitar. So I would walk around the house, you know, playing the air bass. So my dad bought me a bass guitar. Yeah. I played with it for a little bit, got a few lessons and decided I didn't really want to do it, laid it up against the wall in my <laughs> and was still walking around playing air bass when I had yeah, actual yeah. in my room. So my dad ended up selling that wow. and I gravitated toward piano. I started playing piano by ear when I was really, really young, yeah. um, like three, four years old. I was playing on the piano. So um, I think when I was around, I had to be around 11 or 12 years old. My dad bought me a, a, a floor speaker, a, a Fender Rose, like the, the suitcase yeah, type. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was, I, that was what my, I, I, I got bit by the bug being like just hearing that sound being able to play that at home yeah, yeah. in the church so i was one of the church musicians me and my mom and anson were the church musicians so growing up we we just you know it was all about music like mm. my mom sang my dad sings um and we got it naturally we got a lot of other family members that sing so music was just a natural thing for us so give me one song that you you two and your mother sang that you remember to this day that was just when you guys used to sing when do the, the Dawkins and Dawkins and Dawkins trio. Give give me a, give me just one song. What what's one song that you guys remember you guys singing together? What's your favorite answer? Well, the the song I remember is it's so interesting that uh, yesterday a friend sent uh, the original recording of this song that we wow. sang, and I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, she was just saying this was the first hit I heard from Dawkins and Dawkins. And the song, the song was called Shine. And uh, that was a song we used to sing all of the time. How Eric is looking like, what yeah, is that? Like, what? You shine? Mean, <laughs> you mean, shine, gonna let it shine. Oh. <laughs> we used to sing that. Shine, shine. Uh, 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 uh. Lord, help me to let it shine. I totally forgot Yo, about that song. I so but, forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. Please I was like, oh, like, what? Yeah. So, <laughs> now, I remember yep. a song we did. There was a group called um, BCNS out of Houston, Texas. Yeah. We sing a song that they, they uh, recorded. Um, uh, I'm not worried about tomorrow. Yeah. What was the, um, the hook with? Uh, tomorrow I find me broke without a dime. I'm not worried the love will step right in on time. Might be friendless, left all by myself. But as long as I got a friend in the Lord, I don't need nobody. Yeah. Uh, oh, what was the name of the yeah, come on, man. But that was the name of the song. He has never failed me yet. Yeah, never yeah, failed me yet. Never me yet. Yeah, that was one that we never used to my mom that we as kids. Now, picture this: my mom, me, and Answer were no older than like five and six, six and seven when we were singing with my mom, and we were harmonizing mm -hmm. like, three part harmony. Like I held the top, of course, and you know, mm -hmm. I had the highest voice. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we were literally harmonizing from like five. Six from five, way. yes, yeah, like, yeah, I, it blows my mind now because you know, even having a seven year old son, like when I first started trying to teach him harmony, yeah, it didn't come to him like right, yeah, 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 yeah. We had that, and I don't know that my mom really taught it to us other than us just listening to music and it just being something that was constantly played. We just got it, mm, yeah, like we were harmonizing with my mom at a really, really young age. Yep. Five. Yep. Yep. Five and six. Yep. Absolutely. Listen, I'm I'm not five and six anymore. But <laughs> well, let me tell you this. Let me try and harmonize one time. <laughs> <laughs> let me try right. and harmonize one time. I think I've got one harmony in me, and that's can we talk Tevin Campbell? I know that harmony, that's the <laughs> that's the only harmony I got in me, but apart from that, it Get it, hey. <laughs> nah, I can't nah, nah, I'm, I can't hear you. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. It's, it's, the voice isn't warm. The voice isn't warm. <laughs> Got it. Got it. But outside of singing and playing and creating music, was there any other interest that you guys had kind of like growing up 
that you were kind of like was equally passionate about or you know kind of along the same lines or was it literally music 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 for you too music really i mean i was um i i draw i still draw a little bit but i was drawing in school and and had aspirations of being an architect so okay. even in um, college i was a i was a mechanical engineer major yeah so drawing was something that i kind of did in my my downtime because my dad used to sketch i used to see little sketches that my dad would do wow so i mm-hmm. um i got honest from him um but yeah other than that you know like i said we were so into our music it wasn't always about video games mm. or, or like that right it was music mm. yep yep is that the same for you That's anson right. as well yeah yeah that was it was pretty much uh music uh i didn't you know, when I was when I was in school, even I did uh, I was in the band, so wow. it was just like I played trumpet in the band and I played drums in the band. So, you know, that was that was me. You know, mm. all all the time. And uh, I know Eric did some. Uh, also, he was in track and stuff. So, you know, he he pursued that a little bit, but not not heavily. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was that was another aspect of of what he was. He, you know, had some athletic ability. So. So, Anson, if you could give one piece of advice to younger Eric, what would it be? And Eric, if you could give one piece of advice to younger Anson, what would it be? Uh, Eric, I would say, uh, honestly, I would say do, do, do what you do. Uh, how would I say this? I would just, I would say, hey, you're going to be great. Just keep moving forward. Follow your dreams. Don't let anything stop you. Follow your dreams. You are going to be great. It's a done mm-hmm. deal. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. I, well, yeah. I would I would tell Anson, um, I know you're older than me, but don't bully me because I'm going to be bigger than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Wow. <laughs> 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 the contrast in the yes. contrast in my, as is like, yo, you're gonna that's be good great. advice. You're gonna be great. That's good advice. Yeah, that's good advice. <laughs> I wanna be bigger than you. Uh, that's good I, advice. I, I had to throw that in there. But I would I would honestly I would tell Anson just to keep being the the uh, the example that he's been. Because mm. I tell people a lot of times Anson is he's he's been a great example of of a man to me like uh and just as a person like i I watch how he handles people yeah and uh you know part of me wishes that i could handle people like that i'm a little more i'm a little more on the rough side like a little bit more rugged (laughs) i I, I get with you and probably gonna reason with you and and kind of give you the we'll see what you probably Mm. i'm like this i wish i would That's that's kind of like yin yang of of Dawkins and Dawkins. Yeah, for real. I, I, I remember even growing up in like when we were in high school, and um, you know, I there were a couple cats that had some mm. I don't know, mm. issues with my brother, and I put word out like, have them come see me. Mm. Answers not gonna do do nothing. Tell them to, tell them to pull up on me. Yeah. So word kind of got around like, all right, don't don't mess with Anson because if you mess with Anson, you have <laughs> to mess with Eric. Yeah. <laughs> and Eric's not, he's not going to be that that easy with you. So um, that was kind of like the dynamic, you know, coming up. So when did yeah. you guys realize that, you know, we're a, a duo, like let's start putting some songs together. Was it in college? Was it was it before that high school? When, when was you guys like, yes, Dawkins and Dawkins is a thing that can work. We've been doing music before before we got in college, um, but yeah. as far as being creative with it um, on that level, it was it was kind of during college because you know Anson yeah. was going to um, Youngstown State University, which was about an hour some change away from where we lived. So when I, he would come home sometime, and we would work on stuff. I, mean, I was working at my dad's radio station at the time, so we okay. would work on you know demos and stuff like that, and just mm-hmm. kind of be creating. Um, uh, but we really, really got into it once we started working with commission. We we tapped into that creative, that creative side that we uh, that was always there. So talk to yeah. me about commission because 
I feel like the perfect group to navigate you guys through from a Christian perspective would be Commission in terms of their sound was like different to what was coming out at the time. When you guys come out, you guys sound like R&B, like not, not Christian R&B, not gospel R&B. I'm talking R&B full stop. You guys can, you can put your albums up with, with any TGT, you can put your albums up with any Tyrese and your mark. Like that's why that's the level that you guys was hitting. So talk to us about, you know, being under the wing of kind of like Fred Hammond. How did that even happen? How, how, how do you just meet and just get intertwined with Fred? Like, how does that happen? Well, then, you know, that was, uh, there were a few different things that happened with that situation. Um, we had some, we had a few different connections yeah. to get us in with, with Fred. Uh, but the primary, the primary connection was uh, a young lady we were uh, working with to do, uh, to sing. Mm -hmm. uh, we were doing background and playing for uh, this girl that, and she was singing somewhere. We did a rehearsal. We went up to Detroit to rehearse mm -hmm. with her. And then when we did that, uh, we brought her our demo mm -hmm. and we let her hear our demo and she was connected you know, with Fred personally, where, you know, they, you know, they, they were doing some music and stuff together. So yeah. she was like, Fred needs to hear this right now. She <laughs> took like us over to, street, like, yeah, she yeah. took us over to his house and we sat down, you know, she was like, Hey, you got to hear this. And, we, <laughs> you know, we kind of, we kind of gave him the connect, you know, we kind of gave him the connection. Yeah. Hey, we're from this, from this place and yeah. you know, we know your family's from here and all that stuff. And uh, so we, uh, you know, he, he heard the demo. He's just like, Oh, we need to be doing this right now. You know, we need to be working, working on y'all right now. So, you know, the idea was to start it was to do a group with two guys and two girls and put us in the group. Uh, but, uh, that didn't happen. So, you know, it was like, Hey, it's just going to be y'all too. Y'all gonna do y'all gonna do your thing, you know. And he he named us uh, face to face. Oh, and, you was face uh, to face before Dawkins and Dawkins. Yeah, so he named us face to face. But what happened was, yeah. So what happened was, you know, he he basically fell in love with the name face to face, and he was just like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna use this name for my production company. <laughs> so, y'all. Y'all just be Dawkins and Dawkins. That's your name. Why don't y'all just be Dawkins? <laughs> so we were like, okay, cool. And uh, that's the way that's the way that happened. But commission was, as you said, was a great way to get us into the into the uh, industry and to help us learn uh, because those guys uh, had the same they had some of the same backgrounds that we had as far mm. as as far as growing up in church and being involved. And so we had a, we had an immediate connection and we had followed them for, since they first came out, you know, we were like some of their biggest fans. So it was just like surreal to us to be able to be involved with, yep. with them. And one of our, you know, one of our first opportunities to go out on the road with them, we actually came to the UK. So that was like a big deal for us. You know, we got, uh, and, you know, we were able to come to the UK several times with them and then we got to come several times by ourselves. So it was it was just a big deal to be with them. They were very instrumental in, in helping us to hone uh, how we were going to do what we were going to do and to as well set the bar. Yeah. You know, to set the bar because we were they you know where the bar was. We were like, OK, this is it. We're mm -hmm. not going to go below this. We're going we're going to take it up. Yeah. So that's what we ended up doing. What do you learn from Fred and Commission and the whole being on tour? What What's, you know, one thing that probably each of you learn in, in that kind of moment? Oh, man. Uh, so it's much. Too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So much. It was literally a crash crash course in music business mm. uh, in in how to be a man. Like, wow. you know, we learned a lot of lessons from those guys. Um, um, we took we took a lot from that as, as far as like how we how we compose music how we structure our songs how we do harmonies mm. um, and it, it, the crazy part was it was a lot of stuff that we were kind of doing yeah. just innate, innately 
Um, but being with them, it it was kind of like, okay, it's the stamp of approval. It's like yeah, this, this like you're on the right path to do what, yeah, what you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're doing the right thing. So and even recording to them the process when we did uh, commission number seven, because mm-hmm. we um we wrote and co-wrote like three, four songs on that on that mm-hmm. project. And the process that they they record in the studio was was like it was mind blowing for us because we're standing around a microphone. Yeah. Myself, Anson, yeah. Marvin, Mitchell, Carl, and Fred. All six of us standing all, around. Only, only just this, just yeah. standing around a microphone yep. singing these songs. So if you listen to number seven, any any place you hear harmony, we were all in the studio, in the booth at the yep. same time, singing yep. together. We had to learn yep. songs yep. and sing them in the wow. studio. Yep. That was, that was kind of like a surreal moment. Like I, I can remember me standing in that circle, that semicircle. Yep. Thinking to myself, oh, I'm about to have an out of body experience. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Being fast for two reasons. Because I'm you know, I'm in this room with with some of my idols. Yeah. And another reason, I don't want to suck. So I right. gotta I gotta be on right. my A game. And that it taught us like excellence really, because mm. those guys yeah. this stuff like nobody people start we learn later on like people like boys to men like those are friends of mine they they even say like we mm-hmm. study commission mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Teddy guy they study commission mm-hmm. they study commission mm-hmm. jodas they studied commission yep. yep we were in great company and to be a part of that it just really it it sharpened our our, our sword so I, I mean we had no choice but to come out of there you know, with yeah. bar being high. Yep. High. Yep. Firing on all sounds. I would say this that you know one of the things that I that I picked up from being uh, out with out with the guys on the road uh, was the uh, the aspect of uh, we had a little thing that we would we would do um, this little game and this little game. Where uh, we would call, uh, what was the game called? Um, I can't remember what the, the, the name. Game. Of, yeah, it was like this. Well, but basically, you would. It was like we would get ready to go into. We would get to a. It was like it would be like at restaurants or rest yeah. stops or something. We would go. We would get ready to to you know they would they would kind of make like they were gonna rush in. Yeah. You know, everybody, we're all going in. Hurry, we gotta go. We gotta go. And you know we got being all you know young and just like okay we going y'all can't I'll do us so we take off and go try to get out ahead we get out ahead and they get just right up to the door as you go in the door and they yell something crazy ah! and then you stand in there and people in there looking at you like yep what's wrong with you <laughs> you know okay, and that, I mean the point that Anson quit playing the game. <laughs> we, were, yeah. we were in Minneapolis. Yep. There was this restaurant called Rudolph's that we used to go to. Great barbecue. Yeah. So yep. um, we're going to this restaurant and Anson decide. I mean, we're all hungry, but Anson must have been hungrier than the rest of us. <laughs> he he forgets the rules of the game and decides to go in first. And um, one of the guys, I forget whether it was Fred or Mitchell. It was, or Marvin, it was Marvin. Marvin. He yelled I'm coming in! Like, <laughs> like in, right inside the door were two police officers. Yeah. And they right turned up. Like, yep. that was one of those moments where it's like, mm, yeah, at the right time to play this. And that, from that yep. point, Ant was like, right, y'all, y'all play us too. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm but good. I have to. I have to I have to tell this, and I've told this a couple times before, but I have I think I have the crown. I'm the the the, oh, you're the, the winning of the game of the game. Okay. Because I got I got the man, mm. Fred Hammond. I got him the best out of anybody in the history of the game. So setting it up, we're at this yeah. called Evangel Temple in, in DC. And um so there's this area we're waiting to, we're up upstairs in dressing rooms and stuff. And the lobby of the church is filling up 
with yeah. people waiting to get in, but they're not opening the doors. They're just they're in the lobby. Yeah, There's yeah, a balcony yeah. over the lobby where you can look over in the lobby and see people. And you know, yeah, yeah. I guarantee you had to be at least two hundred some people in this lobby. Fred is leaning over the banister like this. Now it's a solid banister, so you can't see anything below whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's leaning over the banister, just kind of looking. You know, nobody's looking up because he's not saying anything. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you don't want people to notice that you're up there, and the people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm walking down the hall, and I see this, Ooh. and I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for any of the other guys because I know this is my moment. <laughs> this is about to be the most epic moment in the game's history. Yeah. Nobody else was around, so I was like, I, I, I got to do it. I, I won't have a witness, but I got to do this. Yeah. I When I tell you, I went, I tiptoed up to him so he wouldn't hear me. Yeah. And with all my weight, I leaned on his back. I laid on his back. And in my Ooh, it's best, keeping me position. Most, yeah, in my best, most annoying, obnoxious Fred Hammond tone oh. of voice, I did, and I am running back to you. <laughs> and put, I took off running. Fred doubled over in tears. He was crying, <laughs> laughing so hard. He, he turned beat red. Like he was so. I'm not running back to you. You could have chose everlasting love. You could have chose ordinary won't do you. That, that right there. Gave every bit of his his tone, like am I am oh, yeah. back to you. When I tell you, I cannot wait until I got back to tell the story. And Fred, even he admitted, like, yeah, he he got me, he got me. That's, that's that is the 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 champion of all games right there. I, and Eric has the crown right now, so I've, I've the the champion belt for all these years. And that was what. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Of all, the, of all the songs you could have chosen, you chose Running Back to You to just... Yep. <laughs> that was one of my favorite songs, too. So that, yep. it, it could have been anything, but I think that's what came to my mind when yeah, I had yeah. the moment that's the first thing yep. that came out. <laughs> yep. It could have been like, I'm going on in the name of... Anything. Could have been anything. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> So when you guys first come out as a duo, your sound, as, we, as we've kind of said before, was totally different to what we were hearing at the time for, in, in a lot of areas in terms of like Christian and gospel music. Do you feel like your sound initially was accepted or was it never done or put together to be accepted because you weren't really trying to reach those inside, you were trying to reach those outside? Uh, well, you know what, I would have to say that initially, initially we were, we were uh, doing music for pretty much insiders mm -hmm. because, you know, that was our reference. That was where we felt, felt the most comfortable uh, and we felt like, okay, we're going to be singing at churches and doing this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So we wanted to be able to do that. We wanted to give but we wanted to give something that uh, that had the feel of things that we like to listen to, mm. uh, but it had the lyrics and and everything of what uh, of what would be okay for church. What was palatable so, in the church? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, and it you know, I think it was it, it was accepted to a point. Yeah. But we were we were kind of. Uh, we were kind of pioneering and, and blazing the trail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, of, of something that was a little bit different because it was, the, the thing about it is because is we came out right, uh, you know, you had some of the more contemporary groups that had, you know, success, you had the Winans, you yeah. know, you had, you know, commission that was doing their thing. You had BB and CC yeah. that were really, do, you know, that really did well, but, we were different. We were almost like, I hate to say it because people have all, people have said this, but we were more so like a, like, like a Jodeci kind of yep. like this kind of almost, almost like a dirty, dirtier version of, 
uh, and grittier version of what commission was doing mm-hmm. and what, you know, what, what the other, uh, you know, definitely dirty, you know, a, a grittier version of BB and CC, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, we feel like we had something that was, that was needed. You know, there mm-hmm. was something, there was, a, there was, there was something that was, that was uh, needed at that particular time. And, you know, we, you know, there was, there was some, there was some pushback on it, of course, but at the same time, we were okay with that. We were okay with it. It helped us grow. It mm. helped us figure out, okay, this is not, uh, we're not in charge of, of, of people, how people receive it or how they respond. We're not in charge of that. Yeah. We're in charge of sharing the gift. Mm. You know, we have the songs, we have, you know, artistry. We are in charge of that. Stay, keep, keep, uh, keep in mind what your responsibility is mm. and what's not your responsibility. So, um, you know, we, we accepted, you know, some of the stuff that, that came about with being uh, trailblazers, you know, kind of pioneering things. Yeah. And, uh, and we were okay with it, you know, and now we are, now we're here. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's, you know, it's a bit of blessing, but we've learned and grown a lot from, from those experiences. And I think, I think one of the cool things is that we were able to also, uh, and when I say, you know, pioneering trailblazer, we were able to kind of pave the way for some other folks that were coming behind us and make yeah. it a lot easier for them to do their things. Yeah. One of the things that I think is so amazing about you two, not just you as a gospel group, you were able to transition quite smoothly into songwriting for these amazing especially in particular in r&b amazing artists some amazing songs you guys have you know you guys have played a, a massive part in how how easy was that because realistically your music was already sounding like what we was hearing on the radio but in terms of from a lyrical standpoint because i know eric likes to put his little one-liners in there and he likes to you know he likes to put a little you know oh two forty. he likes to do all of that in there um <laughs> i know i know he likes to do all of that um so how easy was that transition in terms of like you know doing gospel as a group to then songwriting for you know these stars essentially that we're hearing on the radio you know it it was it wasn't a hard yeah it wasn't a hard transition at all. And I, I wouldn't even call it a transition as much as just a couple of lyric tweaks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because the, the, the thing about it is like some of the love songs that I write, the foundation of those love songs is is from my experience with with my wife or even my my love affair with God. Yep. Period. Like and I can give you examples of songs that I, some of my other partners that are in the same situation, like Warren Campbell. Mm-hmm. The song he wrote for Brandy called He Is. That is a gospel song. Listen to those lyrics. It is, it's a gospel mm-hmm. song. Yeah. You know, it, it really comes down to what people's what people take away from it. You know, so mm-hmm. there's some songs that I've written for for R and B acts that for all intents and purposes, they were gospel songs, just you know, people put the whatever gender they want on it. Yeah, you yeah. know, once they, once they hear it or once they sing it. Um, but it was, it was easy. And I, I, you know, I gave myself a gauge or, or a a barometer. Like if I, if I felt like I couldn't play it for my mom or dad without feeling a little, yeah, (laughs) I'm not going to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, as I've I've evolved and as they've evolved and, you know, understood that the person that I am is not, you know, I'm not out there doing nothing crazy. I'm not wild. I have a I have a standard, you know. Yeah. I have a, a image as well, but there's there's only so far that I'm gonna go. Uh, right. So when I write, I I write from a, a angle of like, will my parents be proud? Will my brother be proud? Like, mm. will he be able to say, yeah, my brother did that, and you know, poke his chest out, yeah. or yeah, my brother did that. You know, <laughs> I don't I don't ever want them to be ashamed of what I've done. So yeah. Um, yeah, that that's how I approach it. So it's 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 easy. And, and Warren even he gave me a, a great quote. He said his dad told him, "Never confuse or or mix up your your occupation with your salvation. They're two totally." Mm-hmm. So it's really an occupation for me. This is how I support my family. Like, um, so 
God, God allows me to be in certain circles that afford me the privilege to, to do what I do. So yeah, I just keep going until he says stop. Mm. And then Anson, because obviously in particular, like for yourself, there was obviously a situation where you're the boundaries. When we talk about boundaries, you didn't, you felt the boundaries were kind of being pushed. That's why you kind of stepped away a little bit in terms of like mm-hmm. from a songwriting perspective. Um, what is it that kind of says to you for yourself, Anson, I can't, that's too far. What, what is that boundary? Mm-hmm. Cause, cause what I've, what I see and what I notice is that some people don't have a boundary, whether, whether they're mm-hmm. Christian or not, they don't have a boundary in terms of what lyrics or what they're going to write. So mm-hmm. what is it for you in particular that, you know, do you feel like, okay, that's too far or what, what pulls you back from going to pass that boundary essentially? Well, the the boundaries are have to do with your with your own personal values, of mm. course, uh, where you feel like uh, where you feel like God is is has given you the grace to move in a yes. certain area. Uh, when you feel like you don't have the grace to do it, um, then you then you don't do it. Uh, one thing I'll say is, you know, because as we've been back uh in this element Mm. and this question has come up you know many many times in this situation that 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 uh is is you know kind of public knowledge or Mm. or actually getting around that that i pulled out of certain situations and Mm. just because because it was you know because of certain things um what what i will say that i am learning even even now even now as uh as as you know as i look back and try to you know what was you know what was all that you know because i i could say you know there's there was legalism involved yeah mm-hmm. there was some legalism involved i could say there was some self-righteousness involved and yeah there was some of that involved mm-hmm. uh but another thing that i'll say that i feel like had a lot to do with it was this you know was being was <laughs> it's, it's gonna sound funny but birth order i mean mm. it's so so interesting that being the oldest yeah. and my my thing has always been to be the example and to be uh to try to try to be the one that was going to please you know everybody and i say wow. oh i can't i'm doing this i'm this is you know i feel like i feel like this is not going to be pleasing for people you know, this is not going to be a good look. Then not, but not realizing even as, as, as the oldest, you know, a lot of times as, 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 uh, as firstborns, we have this, this, uh, it's, it's a, it's a false sense of us being able to please everybody. And I was still dealing with that then, you know, wow. trying to please everybody. And then not really not even knowing what I wanted, not even knowing what was going to be good for me. I felt like uh, other other people know what's good for me, you know. Mm. So I'm gonna I basically I didn't say that, but that's what I was. That's how yeah, I was yeah, acting. Yeah. Other people know what's good for me. So I will say that there were so many factors involved. It's not one thing, yeah, yeah, but yeah. those, but but that that I still have my own personal boundaries, my own personal limits, mm. uh, because I know what I have the grace to do. Um, I have the, I have this, this set up and I can't say, you know, I can't say, okay, well, if the song says this, then I'm not going to be involved, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, or if the song or if the artist is this artist, I'm not going to be involved. Mm. But what I will say is I have, I have a, an idea of if I feel if I feel a certain way, yeah. Based on based on what I've seen or who who's involved and and how the thing is flowing, I know I know for myself where that where that line of grace is. Oh, I don't have the grace to do that. And many times, uh, I think this is probably true for Eric as well. We get to find out God. We we kind of set things up where. If it doesn't work, mm. if it just doesn't work out, we weren't supposed to be involved with it. You know, it's just like it's set up that way. Oh, it didn't work out. I, I wasn't supposed to be doing it. Yeah. You know, or if, if it's working out, 
I'm probably supposed to be involved with that. I'm yeah. probably, you know, I have the grace to do that. So, you know, mm-hmm. that it's, you know, that's, that's, that's how I kind of look at it. So that feeling of trying to please everybody or trying to please people as the oldest and, and things like that, how do you overcome that? Or how do you get to a place where that doesn't hinder you anymore? Yeah, go ahead. We don't, we don't, um, we don't base our, our level of success on things or people or mm. you know, accolades, anything like that. We, we measure our level of success by our obedience to God, period. Period. So if people have a problem with it, ultimately they have a problem with God because we're not going to do it if he hasn't given us, like I said, the grace to do it. Yeah. So people that have a, people that claim to have a relationship with God should really kind of go in their prayer closet and <laughs> they have a problem with it. <laughs> because yeah. we're going to apologetically continue to do what we've been called to do. Mm. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's That's what we've been doing and that's another reason why we don't just put records out back to back to back. We just don't feel like that's our calling as much as it is us being being in the right position in in, in right standings, yeah. you know, with God and, and and being available for him because he's gonna let us know when it's time to do stuff. Yeah. You know, we'll do it. So And what you're saying there will bless a lot of people. Um a lot of especially a lot of Christians trying to navigate their way into the mainstream in terms of not wanting to they've got the pull of the church who's like stay in the church stay here sing sing every sunday do this song let me speak to that before you move on because that that part right there that component is what drives more people more artists or creatives out into the world Mm. because for one the church will tell you that you need to do it a certain way, but then they won't support you when you do it. Mm-hmm. So how are you supposed to live if you don't get the support that you need? Mm-hmm. I made a decision early on in our career. I mean, well, I say early on, but we had been doing it for, you know, since 93 as, as um, Dawkins and Dawkins. By 97, 96, 97, I decided like, I'm not gonna be held to what the church says that I should be doing. Mm. Because at the end of the day, when when LADWP sends that notice to my house, when JP Morgan Chase Financial sends that notice to my house, yep. when Aquin Loan sends that loan, that mortgage note to my house, mm-hmm. who's who's taking care of this? You know, I'm responsible for being a good steward over what I have. So in order for me to do that, I need to be doing something that's going to allow me to take care of the things that God has given me. So I made a decision to start, you know, planting myself as a a writer, producer, Mm -hmm. you know, vocal vocal arranger and vocal producer in the industry, in in the secular industry. So I wouldn't have to depend on the church to support me. Because I'd seen it enough, even with commission, there, there were times when we went to did did a gig, did get paid. Mm-hmm. Like the where the promoter was janky, or or the church something happened, or we took a they had to take a lesser pay because the church the ministry didn't have enough to really pay us what we get. Mm-hmm. So there were times that I saw that I was like, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna be bound to that, and I'm yeah. not gonna be one of those gospel artists that has to be on the road. 42 weeks out of a year in order to survive. Like, I don't, I don't want to live like that. Mm. So I just made, I made, uh, made it clear, like, I'm going to do this. And when it's time to get on the stage and, and minister, I'll be comfortable doing it. Cause I'm not worried about if I get home from, from this gig, I'm, my lights going to be on. Yeah. 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 I think it's important what you're saying and because especially here in the uk i know there's a lot of artists creatives that are in that battle in terms of not wanting to disappoint and so sometimes it's not so much a church sometimes it's parents sometimes it's grandparents mm-hmm. sometimes it's those who you've looked up to not want to disappoint them but then mm-hmm. also knowing that regardless of how many churches i sing at i still need this to be paid I still need to be able to buy the shopping. I still need to be able to make sure there's food on my table. I still need to be made sure that I've got clothes on my back and my kids' back. 
because yeah. it's not just me that I'm worrying about. And mm-hmm. they're like, and this is, this is pulling me and I've still, I've had a sense of peace from God about it. But yet the people on this side. Let me tell you something. I, and this is, it's just pulling up so many, so many things for me because I, I kind of battled Mm. For me, Anson knows about this, about being a, a solo artist doing doing R and B. Yeah, you know, I have a whole entire probably four or five albums worth of R and B material. Mm. Um, but when I decided to do it, the only people that I was concerned about was my dad mm. and my brother. Mm. Literally, those were the only two people I was concerned about how they how they would feel about if I decided to do that talk to my dad and my dad said, son, I mean, it's, it's your life. You have to live your life the way, the way you can and the way you know, you know, is right. Um, I support you in whatever you do. My dad is one of my biggest fans of mm-hmm. anything that I, secular or gospel, mm-hmm. period. Like he wants me to send him the material that I, that I work on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got that blessing from him. And then I had the hard, it was probably even harder to talk to Anson about it because one of my, one of my, um, my commitment is to my brother. Like this is what, something that we started. This is that is my partner. Yeah. Like my business partner. Mm. You know, before everything else, I started my my music business with my brother. So there's an obligation that I feel like I have to him, even to to the point where I'll pull him in on some of the secular gigs that I do, like um, writing and producing yeah, and yeah. stuff. I'll just pull him in or send him something like, hey man, just write just write a verse or a hook or something to this just so I can make sure that he's getting something from it. Yeah. Um, but I had that conversation with him and, you know, he kind of gave me the same thing. He's like, hey man, you, you got to do what you got to do. I'm, you know, I support you. If that's what you feel like you, you want to do mm-hmm. with your career, then, you know, I support you. Mm-hmm. I got those two, those two supports and I was good. Mm-hmm. And my dad, he, at the time I was going to Bishop Noel Jones church. Yeah. He's a friend of the family. So my dad had spoken to him about it and um, because he was my pastor at the time, he called me. He said, look, I, you have you have my support. I know you. I know you're not about to be out there wilding out and, you know, getting all caught up in things. And understand that there are, there are plenty of people that go to the church. Like there's some celebrities that go to the church mm-hmm. that don't sing gospel, mm-hmm. but they're, they're believers and they have a relationship with God. And it's more about your relationship with God. It's a vertical thing. It's not it's not horizontal. So yeah, yeah, anybody yeah. on the left or right of you ha- shouldn't have anything to say about your relationship. As long as your relationship is intact and you know that and you have a line of commu- communication open to God, then don't worry about what people say. And that's something mm-hmm. that I want to give your listeners like that are struggling, like uh, the ones in the UK. Don't worry about what people have to say. Make sure your relationship and your communication is on point with God. He'll tell you. And don't mm-hmm. don't let the voices cloud out his voice because a lot of times we let the church cloud out the voice of God. It could be saying something totally different, but we're busy listening to people that we actually see and interact with every day yeah. when our, our main interaction should be spending that time with God. That And if you do that, then you'll know, like yeah, he'll tell yeah. you, you doing this or that or not. Yeah. He'll let Just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He'll let yeah. you know. So, yeah, I did, you know, it's interesting because you, what Eric was talking about, you know, the, you know, listen to people drowning out the voice of God, that the idea that we are trying to get approval mm. from people who are trying to get approval from <laughs> other people who are trying to get approval from other people. So, you know, what's the sense in doing that? Mm. I mean, I need to be approved. Let me be approved by God. Yeah. And then let people... Let people do what they're going to do. I'm not in charge of that. I'm not in charge of that. And if any church or any pastor, you know, I've been blessed to be in in churches that have been very supportive and been, you know, hey, this is is what God has for you to do. Then you do that. Um, You use your gift and your, 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 your abilities, your talents to, to, you know, you can use them outside. They're, They're not just for here. Yeah. Because we don't do that. We don't do that, you know, with people who who are engineers. We don't do that with people, you know, you you're trying to make it like the arts are special, you know, that you know, that the entertainment is special. Oh, it is it is its own thing. Just like engineering is its own thing, just like 
medicine is its own thing. You know, there's no place to practice. Just because there's no place to practice medicine in the church mm. doesn't mean that, that, you know, it doesn't, you, you can still be a doctor and you're not just going to treat, you know, Christians. You're going to treat everybody, everybody that comes to the door. And you're going to work in, you know, you're going to, you may work in a hospital where they don't have the same type of beliefs that you do. Yeah. So it's all, you have to really, again, that approval thing will mess you up, will mess you up. And you said something key there that, especially with sometimes in the, in church, because they can equate you singing on stage to singing somewhere else, where they can't equate you being a doctor in church to being a doctor somewhere else. It's mm-hmm. like something holds a little bit more weight than the other. When realistically, mm-hmm. if when you sing in church, obviously we sing to the glory of God, but when we sing in church, like. And we and we we produce our tracks and our and, and all these types of things. There's effort and there's all and there's money and there's there's investment in ourselves that goes into it. The same as a doctor, the same as a doctor mm-hmm. would invest in themselves, the same as a scientist would invest, invest in themselves, and mm-hmm. the same as all these different types of people. But it's only because we can equate and we can literally see, okay, really thinking, why can't you do that here? That's mm-hmm. the only, that's why the creatives, especially singers and musicians in particular. Mm-hmm. People look at it like, hold on, don't, don't don't play for them. Come to the church and do this. But yet, there's there, like, there's no support, and then there's no investment into into that from. That's like telling a a, a contractor that is a believer, you can only build churches. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, or accountants. You can only do. You can only do finances at churches. Yeah, you can only do finances of the church. You can only work on the, the, the offerings that come in. You can't be an accountant to the, to the people. In them. It's it's that kind of, it's really that simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at it because in all honesty, music is just conversation set to music. Mm. Songs are just conversation set to music. That's mm. all they are. Like, so if you walk around quoting King James all day and that's, that's the way you talk, you go ahead and do that. Mm. I don't talk like that. You know, I talk to my friends and, and, and my wife a certain way. And when I write songs, they just, they're really imitating conversations that I have yeah. set to music. Mm. That's all it is. Yeah. It ain't, you know, I'm not here. Now they're, you know, like I said, I have a line, like there's certain stuff I won't say, like I'm never going to degrade a woman. I'm not going to be talking about, you know, hitting it and, and, <laughs> and running that, that type of thing. That's just not, that's not me. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I'm not, not anybody else successful, but that's just not for me. I know where my line is, where my grace stops. Yeah. You know, so I it's And I think there's, there's, it's not all churches, but there are some people in some churches that have that, you know, that pool that I know will benefit from what you guys are saying, especially you are yeah. so successful. What did you guys learn about songwriting and producing within the industry that you didn't learn as artists? Hmm. I learned, I'll, I'll say, I learned to just be, and I use this in, in every area. I just learned to be available to the moment. Like, and songs will, songs have a way of writing themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times we try, we try to write a song yep. and mm-hmm. act, you should mm-hmm. let the song write itself. Like just, when you make yourself available, it, mm-hmm. it flows a lot easier. I've, I've found over, probably over the last, mm-hmm. Five ten years, I've I've just adopted that. Like I'm not gonna force a song. Like it it, it doesn't serve me. Yeah. To force mm-hmm. a song. I've learned mm-hmm. to let the song write itself. What about yourself, Anson? I think just being uh, being a creative is uh, doesn't stop at the it doesn't stop at the artistry. Mm. You know you're your creativity flows throughout, you know, and once you get it, you get into that writing area where you're doing writing and production, you realize that this, it's not just, it's not just limited to this thing. This is who you are. Mm. This is who you are. This is it. You're not just an artist. Mm. You're a writer. You're a producer. You're, you're a consultant. You're Mm. a coach. You're, but all this stuff, stuff has to do with creativity. Your creativity should flow through everything, yeah. everything that you do. So, yeah. 
So you guys took a break. Let's get back to you guys as artists. You took a break between 98 to 2011 in terms of releasing albums. And then you took another break from 2011 to 2021 in terms of albums. You released a single in 2020. Um, what was happening in those breaks? Because I feel like we miss Dawkins and Dawkins. We miss that sound because... <laughs> As I've already said, you came back and it was just like you never left. So what, what was happening in those breaks to why you guys took those breaks? And how different are you guys as artists now than you were 10 years ago? Well, to be honest, um, our breaks really... Um, or were they not breaks? Or were they just they, to do other stuff? Yeah, they weren't really breaks for us. We just do... We were doing life. Mm. You know, and, and sometimes life dictates, you know, what <laughs> what's going to happen. Um, and with us, because our life is, you know, God-centered, mm. it's kind of the same thing. Life dictated to us that we should be, you know, whether it's cultivating our relationship with our families or just being um, mentors to people, um, giving back in our communities, whatever it was, we were just doing that. And when the time came, when the time was right, yeah. we, um, we decided to, to put more music out. And, you know, another component of that is, you know, we've, we've been in several situations where we just didn't feel like it was the best fit, you know, after being in it as far as like label situations. Yeah. Um, and then we were fortunate to, to, uh, have a situation this time around with family. Mm. Um, Ron Dawkins is our cousin, yeah. and he owns the label that we're signed to, and I happen to be the president of A&R wow. as well. Yeah. So just, you know, a lot of different components um, to this time around were more favorable, have been the most favorable out of probably any deal that we've ever had, mm. um, just because we have pretty much total creative control over what we do. <laughs> And um, uh, it's just it's just a more liberating place to be in when you're when you're working on something that that's like your baby and you're putting it out there. You don't want somebody to tell you how mm. to raise your mm. child. You know what I'm saying. And so essentially, that's really what this time around is for us. Is we've we're different in the aspect that we we grow in in those times that we're away. Yeah. We, make sure we grow and we learn mm -hmm. and even when we approach the music the next time around yeah. there's yeah. there's a little bit of, of maturation that's happened so mm -hmm. either here in our lyrics or here in the production every every round goes higher you know so production wise it's going to be you're going to hear it like we've we've always prided ourselves on even you say like the production value of what we do there's a there's a bar yeah. that we set. We can never go below that bar. So if it's not right, if we don't have the stuff that we want to the people to hear, then then we're not gonna put it out until it's right. So mm -hmm. is, that, is that the same for you, Anson? Yeah, I think uh, we've we've changed in the sense that uh, we've uh, grown to a place where we uh, are able to adapt a little bit better. Yeah. Um, we know the industry's changed. We know that, you know, the time has changed. You know, that even as we came in, the industry has changed since we've been, since we've been uh, moved to this continuation, this mm -hmm. next phase, the industry has changed over the last year. It's just yeah. things changing, changing, changing. So uh, we are more, we are very open to uh, seeing and adapting to whatever is going to happen and not feeling like, Oh, I know, I know what's, I know what we need to do. Yeah, Cause yeah. we don't always know what we need to do. We are open to hearing, Hey, yeah. who can help? Who can give us some information? We, we we're open to get more information so we can change our mind about something. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's, that's where I feel about our change, the change that we've had over these years. My last two questions to you guys, how important is family to you guys with where you are now in life? Family is paramount to everything for me. Like I can I have yeah. studio at home because yep. family is so important. Mm. Yep. I made sure I had a space, 
in my house where if I just had to be creative, I don't yep. have to leave. And, you know, my son, only reason he hasn't come in here now, well, two reasons. They, he went to get a haircut. Um, but right. when he's home, I have a light outside my studio with a sign that says, if I'm going to call, yeah. I light on and says, do not disturb. I had to put that out there because if not, just just, <laughs> and for no reason, yeah. I'm like, what, what do you need, Parker? He's like, oh, I just want to tell you I love you. Like, <laughs> 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 so for that reason, this, this space has paid for itself 50 times over. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I love having it. I mean, sometimes it can be a little distraction if I really have some stuff I need to do. Yeah. But I, you know, my wife is pretty good about, you know, making sure that Parker understands and she understands like daddy's in a space. He needs, he needs his concentration to be a certain place. So yeah. it's not the most she'll come in here and do is bring me some food, you know, because she knows I won't come out of here. I won't eat. So she'll bring me a plate and I'll stay in here and, you know, I lock in when we're on that, that tight schedule. But family is super, super important. My parents are still alive. Mm. Like my mom and dad, 75, and my dad's about to be 82. Wow. Um, and they're still, you know, still mobile, still vibrant. Like yeah. my dad's still pastors. Wow. So us being, us being connected with them is, uh, I can't, I can't imagine not having the family that I have. You know, even my brother, like, we grew up like twins. So, like I said, it's my business partner, it's my best friend. So, family is super important. My son, my daughter, his daughters, like, we're we're a small family, but, you know, we're super close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yep, yep, that's very true. Family is super important to us. There is nothing uh, besides our relationship with God, mm. you know, uh, it and and our relationship with God is super imposed into into the family aspect. So uh, they all they all line up. They all line up. My last question to you guys: With where you're at individually and as brothers in life right now, what encouragement would you give to yourselves? Um, I would. I would encourage myself to just continue, continue to be available, continue to to strive for excellence. There's nothing wrong with with wanting to be perfect, as long as you understand that there's there's no such thing as perfection. Um, but the the strive is still there to to do all things excellent and understanding that I'm not for everybody, and it's okay. Right. Um, those are the main, some of the main encouragements that I would give myself, and that 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 goes back to us not really caring what what people say about what we do. Like, I, right. people that get us get us, and and they rock. When I tell you they rock yeah. with us, hands <laughs> yep. that doesn't matter what we, they're there, and we you know we them for supporting, you know. And when if somebody's supposed to get it, they'll get it when they're supposed to get it. Mm-hmm. Anson. Yeah. What encouragement would you give to yourself with where you're at in life right now? I would say, um, hmm, love yourself. Mm. Love yourself. Um, there is so there are so many opportunities to beat yourself down, to uh, doubt yourself, to uh, you know, to to deal with the shame and you know, guilt of all kinds of stuff that. You know, years gone by, things that you didn't accomplish, whatever. Mm. Love yourself, mm. love yourself. So, and that's how I continually keep. I remind myself now, hey, dude, you know God has been good. You've got great people around you. Just be you. Mm-hmm. Just be you. That's amazing. That is amazing. Thank you guys. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you guys coming on. I know you. I know you've you've blessed some people, a lot of people with that with that are gonna watch this. And to you guys watching at home, thank you for tuning in. This is Dawkins and Dawkins, you know. This is trust. Yes. yes. <laughs> See, I can't even hear the note. Hear the vocals ain't really warm. warm. It's cold. It's cold. Oh, they're getting there. They're, they're getting there. Nah, they're still not warm after an hour of talking. They're still not warm. But. 
Thank you, Dorkies and Dorkies. We appreciate you. And yes, we've got sir. more content for you coming very, very soon.